0: Faith, Hope, and Love, Episode 138, The Fourth Sunday in Ordinary Time, Year C. This weekend, in the second reading, we have that beautiful reading from St. Paul from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and following. It's such a beautiful reading, it's inspired so many Christians throughout the generations. It's very popular, and rightly so, for weddings. And I've always loved it. In fact, I've loved that passage from the second reading so much that it inspired me to write a hymn, which is now the theme tune of this program you're listening to. The words are, of course, St. Paul's, but the tune I wrote, and it seemed to write itself, it was so beautiful. And it really is the core of Christ's message and mission. Everything Jesus is and everything Jesus does is about love. He shows us God's love for us, which is beyond all telling. The three virtues are important, but it's quite clear that love is the most important of them all. And it's the key to understanding everything God does and everything about God's nature. It's a mystery, but it's also wonderful. This is Faith, Hope and Love.
1: When I was a child, my speech and thoughts were like a little child. But as an adult put away those ways, a child no longer now, but speaking as a man. For faith, hope, and love abide, and the greatest one is love. Unclearly, as if we looked into a mirror dimly, but then we will see as people face to face, no longer partly, but fully known and loved. For faith, hope, and love abide, and the greatest one is. Is kind, not brutal love boast. Never insisting things to be its way. Not resentful, but gaining joy. Love, love bears all things. Love believes and hopes. Love endures all things.
0: Save us, O Lord our God, and gather us from the nations, to give thanks to your holy name, and make it our glory to praise you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Grace to you, and peace from God our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome everyone as we gather together for this fourth Sunday in Ordinary Time in the liturgical year C. So brothers and sisters, as we prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries, let us call to mind our sins.
2: Christ with the Holy Spirit in the glory of God the Father.
0: Amen. Let us Grant us, Lord our God, that we may honour you with all our mind, and love everyone in truth of heart. Through our Lord Jesus Christ your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God for ever and ever amen. A reading from the book of the Prophet Jeremiah chapter one verses four to five and seventeen to nineteen. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Therefore gird up your loins. Stand up and tell the people everything that I command you. Do not break down before them, or I will break you before them. And I for my part have made you today a fortified city, an iron pillar, and a bronze wall, against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its princes, its priests, and the people of the land. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you, for I am with you, says the Lord, to deliver you. The Word of the Lord I will sing of your salvation, In you, O Lord, I take refuge, let me never be put to shame. In your justice rescue me, free me, pay heed to me and save me. Be a rock where I can take refuge, a mighty stronghold to save me. For you are my rock, my stronghold, free me from the hand of the wicked. It is you, O Lord, who are my hope. My trust, O Lord, since my youth, On you I have leaned from my birth, From my mother's womb you have been my help. My lips will tell of your justice, And day by day of your help. O God, you have taught me from my youth, And I proclaim your wonders still. I will sing of your salvation, A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Chapter 12, verses 31 to chapter 13, verse 13. Brothers and sisters, strive for the greater gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of human beings and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers, and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, and if I hand over my body, so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious, or boastful, or arrogant, or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. Now faith, hope and love abide, these three, and the greatest of these is love. The Word of the Lord Alleluia, Alleluia Alleluia! The Lord sent me to bring good news to the poor, and freedom to prisoners. Alleluia!
1: Alleluia! Alleluia!
0: Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. He went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom, and read from the prophet Isaiah. The eyes of all were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him, and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They said, is not this Joseph's son? Jesus said to them, Doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, Doctor, cure yourself. And you will say, Do hear also in your hometown the things we have heard you did in Capernaum. And he said, Truly I tell you, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. But the truth is, there were many widows in Israel in the time of Elijah when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, and there was a severe famine over all the land. Yet Elijah was sent to none of them, except a widow at Zarephath in Sidon. There were also many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them was cleansed, except Naaman the Syrian. When they heard this, all in the synagogue were filled with rage. They got up, drove Jesus out of the town, and led him up to the brow of the hill on which their town was built, so that they might hurl him off the cliff. But Jesus passed through the midst of them, and went on his way. THE GOSPEL OF THE LORD This weekend's gospel could easily be entitled, How Quickly a Friendly Crowd Can Turn Nasty. Last week we heard our Lord giving what would be called his inaugural speech, or his mission statement. He set out in that synagogue in his hometown what his heavenly mission was all about. And this week we hear the end of that same speech, and it is almost the end of him too. The crowd are astonished and impressed to start with, but then when Jesus starts to tell them some home truths, which challenge their thinking, and move them out of their comfort zone, well that is an entirely different matter for them then. Suddenly the crowd do not like what they're hearing. Now they start to reject his message, even though his message is quite true, but because they are too familiar with him. Who does he think he is? He's just the carpenter's son. What would he know? We know that wisdom and truth can be found everywhere. Why would we think that because we know a person speaking, that this somehow neutralizes the truth of the words they speak? The news is full of people who cannot believe ill of someone they think they know, and they cannot think well of those they don't, and vice versa. That's as crazy as saying, for example, don't listen to him, he's from Brisbane. Attacking the person or qualities about a person, rather than dealing with the substantial content of their actual message. In cricketing terms, I think it's called playing the person, not the ball. Whenever a person is dismissing something another is saying based on irrelevant qualities, isn't it really that they do not want to hear something because they're being challenged in their mindset? I wonder if that's why there's a strong human tendency for people to try and find a neat category and label for everything and everyone. Once we've categorised everything and everyone, then they're not a risk to us. If we think we know a person very well, does that mean we expect no surprises from them? Christ being rejected in his hometown is a shocking example of the expression, familiarity breeds contempt our Lord shows us something else that's quite unsettling. It's not sufficient to know the words of Scripture off by heart. The people listening to Jesus knew all too well the words of the Scriptures that he proclaimed. These lines were extremely familiar to the people of that time. In the Gospel, people seem to be contemptuous of our Lord because to them he was far too familiar to be taken seriously by them. People were comfortable with the scriptures. Perhaps over many years they'd found satisfying interpretations of the Bible that did not unsettle or challenge them. Now, suddenly, our Lord is interpreting and teaching the meaning of these old, familiar texts in a way that they don't really like. The way our Lord was teaching was making them feel uncomfortable and suddenly he was shaking their complacency. Merely belonging to the chosen people of Israel was not all that mattered. We should always be wary of becoming like that angry crowd reacting to Christ. Do we ever put filters on so tightly that no matter how much we're offered a new, challenging or less comfortable reading of a text, we'll always settle right back into our own familiar understanding of these same passages? Or even worse, do we ever get defensive if the message of the Gospel challenges us. If we ever feel we've fully understood a passage of Scripture, we should be just a little bit suspicious. Making the entire Word of God comfortable and unchallenging could mean that we've watered it down or tied it up. Having said this, our Lord did not wake up each morning and say, Now what can I do that will get people so riled up that they'll want to throw me off a cliff? Rather, Christ always acted and taught with compassion, with love and grace. He wanted what was good for the people. His honesty and passion opened up issues that sadly some violently reacted to. The people listening to our Lord represent all of us who listen to the teaching of our Lord. The crowd did not like what they were hearing. So what did they do? They should have opened their hearts and minds to widen their understanding. They should have said, oh, this is a bit challenging and new, but let me open myself to this, to learn something new, to be bigger and greater. No, instead, they do what people have done throughout history to challenging and unsettling messages. They try to throw the messenger off the nearest cliff, either metaphorically or actually, as in this gospel incident, This is what they mean by saying don't shoot the messenger. It's almost comical in this scene that although our Lord is the person they've become enraged by and it is he whom they're trying to kill, he's described as simply slipping through their midst and walking away unnoticed. One could almost visualise the crowd disappearing up the hill as our Lord walks casually away in the opposite direction. What a sight that must have been. When they get to the top of the hill, their anger and denial has been so blinding to them that they look around and realise that the object of their anger has vanished. This is also a symbol of the fact that our fervor in holding on to our own selfish, narrow mindsets can be so powerful that we can even lose sight of the original object which was challenging us. Was our Lord so ordinary-looking, so average, so unnoticeable in people's eyes that when they lost sight of him they didn't even notice that he was no longer amongst them in the crowd gathered ready to throw him off the cliff? In so many ways they just did not get our Lord. They didn't get him or his message. So let us be vigilant to ensure that we never fall into that same trap. and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. God has spoken to us through Christ. We now speak our words to God confident that they will be heard. FOR THE CHURCH THROUGHOUT THE WORLD, THAT IT MAY BE A PROPHETIC VOICE AMONG THE NATIONS. LORD HEAR US. FOR THOSE WHO SERVE IN PUBLIC OFFICE, THAT THEY WILL NEVER TAKE ADVANTAGE OF THEIR POSITIONS. LORD HEAR US. FOR THOSE WHO ARE MARRIED that they will grow deeper in their commitment and openness with one another. Lord, hear us. For families who live in this local community, that the Lord will keep us in peace. Lord, hear us. For all who are in ill health and those who care for them, that the Lord will give them healing, strength and peace. Lord, hear us. For friends and relatives who have died, that they will find peace in God's presence forever, especially those for whom we now pray. Lord, hear us. Compassionate God, We ask you to listen to these prayers that we have made and help us to open our hearts. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, we bring to your altar these offerings of our service. Be pleased to receive them, we pray, and transform them into the sacrament of our redemption. Through Christ our Lord. Amen the Lord be with you lift up your hearts. let us give thanks to the Lord our God it is truly right and just our duty and our salvation always and everywhere to give you thanks Lord Holy Father almighty and eternal God through Christ our Lord for by his birth he brought renewal to humanity's fallen state and by his suffering cancelled out our sins By His rising from the dead, He has opened the way to eternal life. And by ascending to you, O Father, He has unlocked the gates of heaven. And so with the company of angels and saints, we sing the hymn of your glory, as without end we acclaim Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Let your face shine on your servant. Save me in your merciful love. O Lord, let me never be put to shame, for I call on you. Let us pray. Nourished by these redeeming gifts, we pray, O Lord, that through this help to eternal salvation, true faith may ever increase. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks everyone for joining us for this wonderful time of prayer, reflection and praise. I hope you have a wonderful week, and may God's blessing continue to be with you. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Faith, Hope and Love, A Time of Christian Worship and Reflection Led by Rev. Paul W. Kelly Texts are used for the purpose of worship and prayer for listeners wherever you are. The Roman Missal, Prayers and Chants, 3rd Edition, Copyright 2010 The International Commission on English in the Liturgy The Bible, New Revised Standard Version, Copyright 1989 And 2009, National Council of Churches of Christ, USA The Psalms, copyright 1963, The Grail, Collins Publisher. Prayers of the Faithful, Robert Borg's Together We Pray, 1993, E.J. DeWire, Australia. Mass for St. Ralph Sherwin, Jeffrey M. Ostrovsky, featuring The Gloria, copyright 2011, www.ccwatershed.org, forward slash Charbonnel. Faith, Hope and Love, Theme, 1 Corinthians 13, 1-13, Original Music, Copyright 1996, Paul W. Kelly. For more details, please visit homilycatholic.blogspot.com.au. Production by Kelly Enterprises Resources. May God bless and keep you.